You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone and welcome to another episode of on the turnbuckle here on my podcast house.com actually should i say welcome to on the turnbuckle with walshy and friends here on my podcast house.com here's your host walshy very good day tony but um i would have said the end friends a lot quieter than i would have oh, said oh, the walshy sorry. but next time you'll get it right there is there is a reason why we say that there's a bit of an in-house joke but uh well i just- did a I did an interview today um, on behalf of the show, and didn't and didn't ask us for our opinion or actually tell us that he was doing it until he did it. Well, I can tell you that I don't care about your opinion, um, no. but Lyle was aware of it because he shares an inbox with me where it was discussed. He just didn't mention it to me. Well, how come I don't share that inbox? You're not on our Twitter account because I fear what you might tweet. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, we cool. can put some sort of. Uh, no... You haven't been introduced yet, Lyle. Oh, yeah, sorry. One of Walshie's friends, Lyle. Oh, oh Lyle. that's a very loose, very yeah, work, loose term. Welsh work acquaintance friend. at best. <laughs> yeah, a bit more of a pause between Walshie and yeah, sorry. friends. Uh, yeah, how, how's everyone going? Hopefully everyone's... Uh... Well, Tony, how are you? Uh, obviously, we didn't have a show last week. And yeah. Tony, you had a bereavement in the family. And I know that the listeners, as well as Lyle and I both... Um, send our condolences and we, um, and we throw our arms around you, even though we can't physically do it. Um, how are you holding up, mate? Yeah, no, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. We had the uh, funeral yesterday being Tuesday and uh, now that that's sort of out the way, life can move on. Yeah, but when you lose a, a sibling and my brother passed away just over a, a week ago, it's, uh, yeah, it's always tough for anyone who's been through that situation, I'm sure. And this is the first time it's really happened to me having lost my grandparents i think the closest to being a family member that i'd lost in the past so when it's uh your brother or your mum or dad i suppose at times as well people have gone through that situation yeah it's uh, it's very tough so uh, we've got through it and uh, mum and dad have got through it as well which is nice and now we uh look forward to the, what uh, what road lies ahead but yeah thanks guys really appreciate it and uh, sorry to everyone that we couldn't do a show last week but uh yeah, it's sort of all got to we be didn't want to again. Yeah. No, no, we weren't going to do we weren't going to do a show without you, mate. So, well, we've done off. plenty without you, but under those circumstances, probably <laughs> best we don't. But I tell you what, we have come back with a big show after a week's break, and we come back speaking to a man who is the PCW national champion, and we speak to him effectively about the decision made on the weekend by the Victorian state government and how that might affect wrestling here in Victoria and. 
a post that came out from PCW on the weekend, basically saying that they've pretty much wrapped up 2020. Let's find out how that all works. PCW National Champion Mark Cage joins us for a chat. G'day, Mark. G'day, Mark. Hey, guys. How you going? Fantastic, mate. Uh, so what is the feeling from management at PCW? Does it look like 2020's done and dusted? Oh, look, I think it's... um. <clears throat> It's it's sort of hard to tell, really, because every day changes with this situation we have in Melbourne. But, um, you know, I'd, it would be very surprising if if anyone in Melbourne has an event, um, like, before the end of the year, just because of the way the restrictions are going. And I mean, when's the, la- when's the last restriction or stage end, isn't it? November? 26th of November. And that'll yeah. probably allow five people into an indoor venue or 10 people, so... Yeah, see, so it's pretty. That's already. There's one month left of the year, so yeah. I, I think the I think the best thing to do is look forward to January. Have a really good 2021. But I mean, if that if the situation changes, like tomorrow, and we can automatically do an event, then we'll do an event as soon as we can. So wouldn't that be great if Daniel Andrews came out in his press conference tomorrow and said, "Now, folks, I just want to talk about made a wrestling. Professional <laughs> yeah. can start up tomorrow. I'm happy with that." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it must be frustrating because you guys were um, had a plan to get back to shows and you were preparing to start back up when the second wave and the new restrictions hit. Um, do you want to run us through like um, what was going on for you and your team when all through that period where you were excited to get going and then have it taken away? Well, it was kind of... Um... <clears throat> It was it was a really interesting time, really, because um, well, you sort of are in limbo with the first lockdown because you don't really know when things are going to open up. So then all of a sudden things start opening up, and then you got to start getting in the mind frame of like um, we have to go back to the shows, and then we have to start pushing forward. Where, where do we pick up? Do we pick up where we left off, or do we start somewhere fresh? I think we'll pick up where we left off and then you go back into lockdown again and the shows get pushed off and then you're like, well, that was really, really short lived. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of like everyone was really excited and then they were really just unsure again, but I think they were more prepared for it the second time because we had a few weeks of, you know, the first lockdown, you know? So, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a mystery. And you guys are a really tight team down there. You all train together. Um, yeah. Is everyone getting around each other and keeping everyone's spirits up? Because I know that uh, creative people in particular can find these times really tough. Absolutely. And especially, you know, the wrestling community, it's an outlet for a lot of, um, not just the fans, but for the the talent itself or the um, the writers or the promoters it's, it's just an outlet for everyone for their mental health and everything like that so i think the the good thing about um pcw at the moment is we're still running our sessions uh, multiple nights a week on on zoom um and we have a few we've we've been fortunate enough to have a few uh, special guests on that just to freshen it up a bit because yeah these are just unprecedented times so i think I think the community that we've created at PCW is a really strong one and we'll be able to pull through. I mean, we get, I get a few messages off the boys here and there. I message them uh, just to check in to make sure everyone's doing okay. But yeah, it's just, we're all in the same boat. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and who who have you had um, as special guests at some of those sessions? Oh, we've had a few. We've had a few people make a return, like Anthony Dangerfield has made a return on yep. on um, PCW Zoom classes. Uh, we've had Gabriel Wolf. Um, he's he's done a session here and there, and yeah, we're just yeah, just a, just a few few names. Yeah, just get some new voices so that everyone's not uh, getting sick of the same. Just, the same just, thing. Freshen, just freshens it up. Just freshens yeah. it up, and no, no one wants to see the same, the same face all the time. Yeah, we can all talk to that. I got to see these two blokes every week. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how's your home gym um, set up? Because uh, we spoke to Lucas Daniels, oh, probably six or seven weeks ago, and he just raided his, uh, he did the gym that he works at. So he got lucky. You, you lucky in the same boat? You got some gym equipment laying around? Oh yeah, I borrow. I managed to borrow some, some little things here and there. But uh, yeah, I would much prefer going to an actual gym. <laughs> I mean, my my local workout is um, going to Woolies and just stacking up the shopping bags until they break. <laughs> but yeah, it's getting a bit old. <laughs> yeah, um, talking about actually some wrestling now uh, instead of just all COVID stuff. Um, now I want to talk about last year. Um, Something that's very rare in independent wrestling would be a storyline that goes for excess in excess of twelve months. But last year, you and Lucas Daniels told um, a really good extended story. Oh, I want to know. I want to know about um, some of the challenges that you face in keeping your regular crowd engaged in such a, a long story. Well, I think uh, the number one thing you have to express the audience is, um, is passion. You have to be passionate within the, with, with what you're trying to sell. Um, if you don't believe it, then they're not going to believe it. And if they don't believe it, then the crowds are, are not going to come along the journey with you. So I think that's, that's rule number one for me when someone's pitching me a, a lengthy storyline, but I really love, I really love um, the long storylines. I think they're better long-term and short-term for, for wrestling. I'm just more engaged in it. So I think, and I think the reason I'm engaged with it the most is because it is a constant challenge to keep it fresh and to keep the, the same eyes like coming back and, and wanting to know more and more and more. And you just go deeper and deeper. Um, but, you know, sometimes these storylines you have planned, get cut back because the two guys you have in the feud don't have chemistry. And I think yeah. that's when me and me, uh, Lucas Daniels and myself um, really hit the nail on the head was every match, we just got more and more chemistry and we just kept flowing and we just went sort of hand in hand. And I think we pulled off that feud just because of the way we were met. We, we gelled together. You know. It's funny you say that, that uh, it's hard to keep that chemistry going for two blokes for 12 months. How do you keep a chemistry going for six blokes for 18 months? The, the group feud that you had between the supremacy and also touch of class, I think went for a year and a half. And oh, yeah. That, that yeah, went, went on for, for a bit. long, long time. Yourself, for, Tony yeah. Philippe, Nash Archer, Chris Gee, that's going That's going back a bit. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's something that you seem to be involved with is, is long storylines, which is great. Yeah, I've... I, yeah, like I was saying before, I just I sort of prefer them because then I can really sink my teeth into what the goal is. So if someone was to put a goal in front of me and say this is a goal in six months, then 
the interesting part for me is making it come to life over the, because at PCW we have such a big schedule in terms of we run weekly and then sometimes multiple shows a week and they all have to tie in. So you all have to, you have to always keep them fresh. Um, and I, which is pretty rare on the, on an independent scene, especially in Australia, someone like a company running um, weekly shows and then sort of building up to the, the monthly main events as you, as we put it. Um, so yeah, it's, for me, the, the longer the storyline goes, the better, because I can just, I can just ride that wave constantly. That sort of came to a fairly dramatic end for you, I think, uh, in a match against Daniel Swagger. I think it was for an undisputed championship. You tore your ACL and was oh, out for the yes. next 12 months. Yeah, yeah. That was, um, that was a carnage. Um, yeah. I took a GTS and just landed all my body weight on my left leg. And, yeah, that was it. But um, I, think, I think, honestly, having the time off away from wrestling has unfortunately seasoned me mentally for having this time off away from wrestling i'm used to having because i've had two serious knee injuries so which were both a year away from it um yeah i've i've managed to mentally stimulate myself by watching wrestling and learning through um others in a way so this time this time for me away from wrestling due to covid is be is sort of refreshing because just even though I'm not physically doing it, I'm still mentally doing it, like learning through what I'm watching, learning from like watching WWE and I've actually been watching a lot of Ring of Honor lately. But yeah, like old stuff. But yeah, so it's I'm still keeping active. Just a, a final one of those injuries, uh, two in your knee injuries. Do you find yourself doubting yourself sometimes in the ring in regards to those injuries? You, do you feel strong enough? Uh, I currently, like, if I was to wrestle today, then I would have no issues. I mean, the only thing I'd sort of think about, think twice about is anything to do with landing on my feet, so to speak. But, um, I mean, that's gotten way easier now. When I first initially came back, there was a few times where I would land a little bit off and then it would scare me a little bit. And then yeah. I just had to reassure myself that, that I've trained hard enough to be back to where I was. So it did take a lot of hard work and a lot of time and energy to be able to come back, but I'm sort of more confident now, but it was a struggle at the start. You spoke about um, the unique um, uh, sort of advantage that guys who wrestle for PCW have where, you are wrestling weekly for the same company. Um, when you're telling a story, though, you'd have a lot of the fans who you go every week, and then you'd have the fans that come once a month. How do you mix up your storytelling so that you're catering to both audiences? Okay, so in terms of the fans that come regularly and weekly, then they're just going to sink their teeth into it more because they're obviously following the storyline, like you were saying. But in terms of new fans... We have to keep the story. We have to always reassure ourselves that the story we're trying to tell on the night is easy enough for the just like a newcomer to be able to pick up. So, like, if I was the, if I'm the face and Lucas Daniels is a heel, then he has to keep. We have to keep um, putting at the forefront of our minds that these people have to be engaged regardless of what stage of the story they're coming into it. So I think that is a 
is a good reminder to make sure that you keep everything simple, no matter no matter which part of the story you're in, whether you're three months, six months or 12 months down the line, you still have to sort of cater to the common fan who's who may not have seen you before. So, yeah, uh, which is actually really interesting and really sometimes a bit challenging. It's something that I do think um, a lot of your guys do well because um, given the distance to PCW from where I live, I catch shows probably every couple of months. Um, oh, yeah. But always... Where do you live? Uh, Footscray. Oh, yeah. yeah pretty far. Uh, so, but when I do go out there, um, it's pretty easy to pick up where things are at with most of the stories because you guys do do a really good job of, um, of reminding, reminding the new audience without slapping the existing audience in the face, which I really like. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we sort of try our best to do that. I mean, sometimes it happens, but, but yeah, it's, it's a good challenge to keep doing, especially with the weekly shows. It's a good challenge. Now, um, you had a bit of bad luck last year when PCW were running their um, your first Grand Slam in front of more than two thousand people, um, oh, yeah. and and you were meant to headline that that match and uh, that event, and um, unfortunately your opponent got injured. Do you want to take us through um, your uh, how you how you process what was going on and how you bounce back from that? Oh, man, well, <clears throat> you know, it was at the time. At the time, it was a bit um, bittersweet being on the show, but um, you know, wrestling—it always has on the bottom of the card, subject to change, and that's purely because anything can happen. Um, and you know, credit to Lucas Daniels—he he tried so hard. <laughs> He tried so hard to make it for that match as well, but it was just it was just fate. <laughs> fate didn't want us to wrestle that night. They wanted it wanted the storyline to continue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like in terms of coming back from that, you just you just have to move on from it. And I think the good thing um, mentally for that is. We had, a, we had a show the next week or like yeah. the week after. So it wasn't, there wasn't really any time to like dramatically process or this isn't happening, this isn't happening. I mean, if you, if you get caught up on something not going the way it's originally planned, then you'll always be stuck in the past. So um, especially as well, because I've battled with a couple of injuries um, in my career so far, um, I'm sort of like you just get used to everything just changing last minute sometimes. So I think the best part for me was, okay, so he's not, so the match can't go ahead. Well, let's still make it as big as what we can in terms of like, we're still, we're still wrestling in front of over 2000 people. And that is a, that is an accomplishment within itself. Like that's amazing, especially 30 minutes away from where I live. Like that's, that's the history in the making, you know what I mean? So that's a beast within itself. And it doesn't matter if I was, if I was the main event, first match, um, second match or third match or anywhere on the card. I was just really grateful to be on the card. Um, and then we just moved, we literally just moved on. <laughs> so we just pushed forward and then 
we looked at when Lucas Daniels was going to be ready again and then we just made it all work because that's, I think having such a tight community at PCW, um, we're sort of like a family. So it's just one of those things. You just have to make the, the best of the, of the cards you get dealt and then you just move on. And being a leader, being a leader of the um, locker room as well, I guess you would have um, had a part to play in keeping everyone on track and being proud of all the other guys and what they were able to achieve that night as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, it's it's a really special thing getting to see your friends and um and the guys you see, sometimes more than your own family and loved ones, just succeed because we're all there for the same goal, you know. So I was really proud of all the boys that night, and then especially after this, um, the second Grand Slam as well, because that was on the, I think the when did the restrictions start? The week that was basically after. it. That was basically the that last was it, show yeah. in Melbourne. That was, yeah. that was the last show in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, and then that was like, so that was getting um, tackled with its own with its own problems around COVID and everything as well. So, but then everyone pulled through for that as well, and it's just. Just a really proud moment. Actually, I think um, the last time we spoke to anyone about that might have been Lucas Daniels just before the uh, Grand Slam came up on the on Foxtel through Aurora. Yeah. What was the feed- oh, yeah. what, was, what was the feedback from that? Was it uh, positive? Man, it was fantastic. I mean, uh, it's really good to scroll through the TV guide on Foxtel and just see PCW wrestling yeah. and then turning on and, and then watching watching your match back. I mean, I've had a few family members and, and friends message me um, saying we're watching your match on Foxtel. And that was really cool as well because I've, I never thought I'd hear that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, was, it was really cool. And hopefully we can, we can do more, more of that. Yeah, well done. Moving forward. Yeah, and how uh, about... Um... No, go. No, you go. No. How about with like me go? I'll go. Um, Come on, Mike. Look pretty relaxed. I'm gonna have to lay down as well. Oh, finally, someone's finally, finally, he's doing it for three months. Finally, someone's gonna join in. It is very relaxing. Might get pins and needles in your arm. You might have to swap over. Yeah, just swap sides. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, what about like with goal setting and and everything like that? Obviously, um, you know. Can't set too many goals this year. What about for next year? You you reevaluate different goals that you've got set for next year when wrestling comes back full time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and um, and even for this year, to be honest, with with the COVID stuff, like all the goals had to change, like you were saying. But I sort of developed new goals um, a little bit along the way. It was good getting to rest my body. And one of the goals I had was to spend more time uh, with my loved ones as well. So obviously we can't now because we're in stage four. But <laughs> yeah. Before, yeah, I know so that goal has been taken away as well. But, but before, like when, um, when we couldn't wrestle, but it was like stage two or stage three um, and you just spent more time at home with your family and stuff, it was really, that was a really... A really good thing because I sort of took certain things for granted, as I'm sure we all do, just because we're like everyone's busy with their own lives and stuff. So it's good to sort of pull pull everything back and just just spend more times with with family and friends. But yeah, my goals my goals for next year, back to your question, will 
will absolutely change, especially after eating all this junk food since being away. You're going to have to make me a new uh, weight class. <laughs> What's been the, uh, wearing a singlet. What's been the junk food of choice? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's pizza, mate. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm, I'm not eating too bad. I'll take that back. I don't want anyone to, to think <laughs> I'm relaxing too much. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, I love pizza. Can't, can't say no to a pizza. No, true. It's, a, it's emotional eating. It's emotional eating. I'm the, eating because I'm emotional and emotional because I'm eating. One of the big, one of the biggest things for companies throughout this COVID period has been to stay in touch with their fans and, and interact with their fans in any way they can. And uh, PCW have been doing some live viewing of past matches. Have you guys on Facebook? Uh Live viewing is in like reviewing old matches. Yeah, reviewing old matches yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we've done we've done a few things to engage with the fans um, during this struggling time in Melbourne. We've um, we actually did something really cool as well, where we um, got fans to put in a request for like phone a wrestler or a wrestler gives them a call back, which I think was pretty successful. So we yeah. we would get a few requests from. Um, like some of the younger fans and and we would give them a call and just, you know, because a phone call to us might mean nothing, but a phone call to them really brightens up their their day during this time. And um, yeah, so we've, we've done things like that. I mean, just last, I think just last week, we had Jake Taylor um, get a phone call from Wanda, who is the grandmother of one of our Starlight children that come to the shows. Um, and that was really cool just to hear from them. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, so it's really it's really cool just to keep in contact and and yeah, we're just uploading just some old content um, onto the network and just you know just checking in on everyone and making sure everyone's has that outlet. Well, that's how yeah. we got this interview. It was uh, well showing up <laughs> saying hi. I'm a real big fan of Mark Cage. Could he please give us a call? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah did my I manager tell you I'm too busy? I actually requested a call for Lyle and he was quite disappointed that he didn't get it. Um, so I don't know. I must have filled out the paperwork wrong um, yeah. requesting that call for you, Lyle. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> That's right. But that is one thing that you guys at PCW, I noticed, do a lot of. You do a lot of work with community groups and things like that. And um, having kids who are facing challenges coming into the shows and putting them in the front row. And, and they have a fantastic time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's one thing that we um that we pride ourselves on is just you know, we're just family friendly entertainment. We're trying to create a community, make sure everyone feels welcomed, they can just come in, have a good time. Um I really love seeing the people's faces when they buy into storylines or they just buy into the show and they just have a really really good time and they forget whatever is happening in reality at the front door. And they just come in, just cheer the good guys, boo the bad guys, or the other way around, and then just have a really good time. It's just just sets a really good vibe. So, yeah, that's one that's that's one thing that I can say we do really well is is create a really good experience for for all types of of people in the community. And for a company where everyone basically trains together, you have a really good range of wrestlers who've got different styles. So um, you've got you and Lucas who 
have that hard hitting style. And then you've got Royce, who's probably probably the premier flippy guy in the country um, at the moment. Yeah. And hey, don't um, don't forget Ryan Rapid. Ryan Rapid. And that's what I was about to say. He's the got, original. You've got Ryan and you've got um, Sammy Falcon and the guys from Arbor 4K who um, who are amazing and probably massively underrated in my opinion. Um, and it really lends itself to having a good show. Yeah. Oh, that's good, man. I, I really appreciate that. It's good feedback. Um, so, how t- first show, 2021, you've got a crowd in front of you. Um, what do you think the motions will be going through the curtain the first time coming back out? Just disbelief. <laughs> thinking that we, <laughs> thinking that, you know, I think everyone will just be really, really grateful. And, and you see a lot of people walking through the crowd that, that if they did take wrestling for granted before, they won't take it for granted now. So I think everyone will, will leave everything on the line. Hopefully not every show because people get hurt doing that. But, <laughs> but the first one for sure. Yeah, um, for the, definitely for the first one. I think everyone can, will be really excited, really excited. And people can catch PCW online still. Uh, where, how do they do that? Uh, they go straight to the website, pcw.com.au. And yeah, there's a, there's a PCW network there. Um, uh, which is really good because we, like I said before, we we're uploading all the, some of the old content from 2015, I think it was, when we did the touch of class and supremacy. And, and yeah, well, I can't believe that was so long ago. Sounds like so, Tony's been watching it. Yeah, which is really good. Really, really yeah. good. <laughs> uh, that, that first match back in 2021, that first night of wrestling, I reckon the, the, the matches could go for about three or four minutes. Because the adrenaline's going to be pumping so much on blokes, they're going to blow out. They're, they're Absolutely. Be... Like I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what shape anyone's in. <laughs> everyone's like gone Tony back walking to the letterbox. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's gone back to an even playing field. You might, need to know, 12, you might need to book 12 matches that night just to get an hour and a half out of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it'd be really interesting. I, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it's definitely good to look forward to something, isn't it? Like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Can't wait for the day. Can't Actually, wait what, for the day. Do you guys have a plan in regards to when wrestling starts? Will it be starting with a few weeks of ignition first up, or how will it, how will that go? Well, the original plan from memory coming out of the first lockdown was we we're going to do ignition um, for every second week. I think for maybe a month or two, and then we we're going to go back to I think weekly, but just like I said before, it just depends on how many, how many people we can let through the doors. Um, and then we'll have to run in the car park, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not against. I love car park shows. Because at least then you get the open air. Uh, especially in daylight savings as well. I'll, I'll wrestle for hours. Yeah. Just keep going until the sun goes down. I know a good baseball venue if you want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for your time, mate. We really do appreciate it. Uh, look forward to seeing no you when it all comes back. Yeah, 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 appreciate it. Thanks, guys. It's good to hear you're all doing well. Thanks, mate. No, you, you too, mate. Cheers. Mark Cage Bye. joining us here on The Turnbuckle.
Welcome back, part two of On the Turnbuckle for this week. Mark Cage, lovely bloke. He's a nice bloke, um, and he's a very good wrestler as well. Yes. Yeah, but you're right. There was a great feud between him and Lucas Daniels for a long, long time. Yeah, I think it was probably more than 12 months in the end because it got extended out after Lucas's injury at Grand Slam. But um, And they had every match under the sun. There was a Hell in a Cell. There was an Iron Man match. Um, but, yeah, they, they really did tell a, a good blood feud story. Yeah. He is, uh, he's adopting... Uh... My casualness of laying down and podcasting, Tony. It's slowly yes, catching too. on. Uh, slowly catching on, man. He looks I'm better actually... doing it than what you do, Lyle. That's for sure. He's a handsome oh, man, I can't Mark argue that. He's he, a handsome he's very, man. Very handsome. He definitely looked more attractive at doing it. Yeah. And I know he mentions he's been eating a lot of pizza. From the video, he's in good nick at the minute. He's in good he's, nick. Yeah, that's gluten-free good nick. pizza with no fat on betting because he's yeah. looking good. <laughs> He's, he's, still, really he's still six pizzas away from a five-pack, let me tell you. <laughs> no change there. Uh, let's get into the show, boys. Plenty to talk about this week, and we'll kick it off with AEW All Out. Yeah. Uh, well, Lyle, you're the only one who watched the show, so you'll need to yeah, very, do uh, the heavy lifting here. Hit, <laughs> hit and miss, I'll say, to start with. Um, very indifferent. It took me to setting... Uh, sittings to actually finish the show, which is um, rare, rare for an AW. Um, yeah, pay-per-view. it was. Um, expect. Well, I turned it off after the the Matt Hardy in- incident. I wasn't watching live, but um, yeah, I know we'll, we'll talk a bit more about the concussions protocols and stuff. But it made me that uncomfortable. I had to turn it off. Um, the back of someone's head hitting concrete from that oh. height. Um, uh. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. It didn't, you know, made me feel like sick in the stomach. And then, you know, the, the match being waved off and then him getting, trying to get to his feet and stumbling over himself and uh, dragging Sammy down again. And then the match restarting. Yeah. It's, I had to turn it off. Um, well, let's talk about some that, of the positives of the show. Because um, I know you liked probably as much as you didn't like. It was a very yeah, much a 50-50 show for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I see it was very, very indifferent. Like that, Obviously, that was a, a black spot on it. Um, the, Battle Royal, the Battle Royal was fun. You know, it sets up the Mox's next challenger. The Casino Archie. Battle Royal. Casino Battle Royal, sorry. Um, was it overbooked like the usual or was it okay? Yeah, of course. Uh, of course, everyone has to... <laughs> Everyone has to get their uh, their spot in or their time to shine. And how did Darby Allen go down? Uh, looked like he got knocked out as well, Tony. Oh, really? <laughs> we talked about the positives. Um, I think if you're going to obviously Darby Allen, he's crazy. I think he needs to be protected from himself sometimes. Creative spot being in a body bag and then getting you know power bombed over the rope. Yeah. Um, not to the floor, to the to the stage. So it's not a, but virtually just landed on his on his head. Maybe they could have gimmicked the bag that he could have actually seen where he was going. But um, we get away from that. We'll talk about the, the yeah. positives. I've, there's mixed reviews for the FTR versus um, Kenny and Hangman tag match. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, told. 
I'm more of the Kenny and Hangman story of them splitting up and Kenny going heel and Hangman being the ultimate babyface, you know, that the company wants in the end, I'm assuming, than FTR winning the title, which I think the ending of the match and the, the stuff that played out after the match. <laughs> if, uh, if you could only see what we can see right here, a pussy has just walked right in front <laughs> oh, no. of Welsh's face. Well, Welsh's cat's just walked across the screen. Um, yeah, he wanted to be on the podcast. The dog's on every week, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think the Kenny and Hangman storyline overshadowed FTR winning the tag team titles. Um, maybe that's why people are a bit... A little bit indifferent to it. Um, the Jericho and Orange Cassidy match is absolutely ridiculous and fun at the same time. The uh, Mimosa match, Tony. Yeah. yeah. Couple of glasses there, Tony. You'd, you'd have a you'd have a couple of swigs of being ringside. Uh, I'd assume. Oh, you're no you're doubt gonna about it. the real what deal. About, what about the uh, women's world championship with? Uh, yeah, yeah, really great. good things about. Really that. good, really good. Like if you haven't. You know, you can skip some of the parts of the show that you don't want to see again because you've probably seen a fair bit of it in gift form. Not at 30 bucks, I'm not. No, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she, I hope Thunder Rosa is on AEW more. She adds a lot to uh, the AEW women's division and difference as well, a point of difference. I, know I saw her in, wrestle in Japan. She's very good. Very good. Yeah, she's got the NWA title. So obviously that might politically come into it. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it's not going to hurt my feelings if she's on AEW soon. So really good, really good match. If you, um, yeah, you want to pay $30 to go back and watch that. Did I see yeah, somewhere that Adam Page had brand new gear for the night? Yeah, yeah. He looked pretty good, Tony. Pretty swank. Yeah, um, it's, it's the first swank. time I haven't bought one of their shows um, and I guess it's because the only real match that I wanted to see was the FTR versus uh, Hangman and Kenny match. The rest, I don't think they've done as good a job selling this show as they've done previously. And so I balked at paying $30 um, yeah. to watch, you know, four hours of TV at home. I find that you'd need, you, yeah, I find it difficult to pay that for three or four hours of entertainment. Um, yeah. So I didn't get it, but I was prepared to buy it if everyone said it was a blowaway show. Um, they'll obviously learn a lot from this show. It, it, to have it as your worst show, but it's, no one's been universally critical of the whole show. So um, they'll learn a lot and they'll get better. It's probably an aberration. Yeah, well, obviously their pay-per-views, are their, you know, their, their standard is and their bar is very high. So, you know, if you're going in with AEW standards, I don't, it didn't live up to it. Uh, Are they giving too much away on Dynamite to make the pay-per-view special? Yeah, uh, this, is, so. this, is, this is, I don't know the answer. I'm just asking a question. Yeah, because they are a, a work, rate, uh, work rate company, um, they do give a lot of really good matches away on TV. But, you and, said, but the, thing for the, the thing for them there is... And I know we had this slated down a little bit later on the, in the thing, but we'll bring it up now. Is the fact that because they are doing so much on Dynamite, they've actually may have affected the way NXT looks are coming up against them. So as a result, now we've got them on on differing nights because Dynamite oh, is so strong. 
Yeah, I think I don't think that's why they're on different nights. I think the different nights has just been due to circumstances. Both companies okay. have had to run on different nights due to playoff games and things like oh, that. Yeah, but okay. um, NXT have been on Tuesday for the last couple of weeks and um, AEW have been on Thursdays. But both companies have popped higher numbers than usual. So um, it's probably in the best interest of wrestling that they continue to run opposite nights. I'd yeah. like to see... Um, I'd like to see NXT stay on a Tuesday. Yeah, I think I think it's good. And then, um, you know, they're not worrying about what the other person's doing on the other channel or counter-programming and everything like that. And if one show's getting 1 million and the other show's getting 1.1, isn't that better for all of us than, you know, one show's getting 600, one's getting 900? If the audience comes together on separate nights and is watching wrestling... You know, the hopefully the good product industry. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, you know, we did have the nostalgia of oh, at um, WCW versus uh, WWF back in the day, but it's they were two. They were two completely different audiences. Like yeah. when WCW did die, a lot of those fans didn't come didn't back come to wrestling. They didn't just, you know, it wasn't like hey, now WCW's gone. Monday Night Raw was doing seven million. Um, I think both of those companies were already doing ridiculous numbers that modern yeah. wrestling, like modern wrestling would dream of doing half of what um, either of those shows were doing. A, a, a quarter this stage. I, yeah, we have so many options. People's um, attention spans are shorter. And you know, sorry, what was that? I was uh, I was looking at something. Hey, uh, walking d- past. Just a just a final one on on all that before we move on to the concussions. Orange Cassidy. What's the future for him? Because that's a fairly big scalp getting Chris Jericho. Uh, do you think he's got something big in the future or is he just going to be a, a good solid wrestler for AEW and that's it? Orange Cassidy could probably be at the very tippy top of the mid card. Yeah. So um, his ceiling is probably um, the TNT title at the moment, maybe a tag title, but uh, he's a really important part of the show. And uh, it shows how generous of a performer and Chris Jericho is. And he always has been. He's always been prepared to make himself look like a dick, make himself yeah. look like a loser, make himself look like a joke to put over someone else. And um, he's put over a lot of people since he's been in AEW. Yeah. I think he couldn't have done a, a better job of putting Orange over. I think he's next... Uh, Orange's next story or feud is going to be the make or break, where he's going to go, what his ceiling is. Because obviously Chris Jericho is at the top of the tree of AEW. If he just goes into a feud with someone at the lower end of the card, I think it could undo a lot of that work. What colour was the mimosa? Orange, like all mimosas. Orange. Mm. I don't think um, it matters who Orange Cassidy feuds with uh, so much because... Um, an Orange Cassidy feud will be about Orange Cassidy now. It won't be about his opponent. People just like seeing him um, do what he does. And they like seeing... It needs to be a mismatch where the guy he's against um, isn't... A, it needs to be a real serious guy that he's against yeah. because that's where the comedy is. It's in, it's in that reaction to, yeah. to Orange. I'd bring in like a... This is going to sound stupid, but... Someone like a Bubba Ray Dudley, a Bully Ray, oh, mate, would be sounds... good with Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that, because that is so stupid. 
um, you just bring him in on a short termer um, and have him say say AEW's shit and it's a joke and this and that, and then you have Orange Cassidy come out to face him, and that's exactly what he's complaining about. And then Orange Cassidy but wins a four week feud over Bully Ray. I reckon that would be a good uh, a good feud for him. Anyway, that's fantasy yeah. booking. Yeah, how long until uh, they uh, pair him off against uh, Taz or one of Taz's guys? Because uh, everything Taz touches is orange. They're going to play into that. So he'd just be Cassidy. He'd be County. Yeah, (laughs) That's it, exactly. Hey, uh, concussion protocols. Do they need to be reviewed? Do they need to be set up? Do they have them in... Wow professional wrestling at the moment and and with all seriousness and one of my biggest bugbears about uh mma mixed martial arts is the fact that someone can be knocked out and the referee allows the fight to go on and it can become quite dangerous to the person who's knocked out and we're seeing cases we've seen a couple of cases in the last week where blokes have literally done a bit of damage to their head but the fight sort of still goes on it just it seems very weird i've um I read a lot of comments from people who've clearly never had a concussion um, on these matters. I've had a few. Um, yeah, four for me. Yeah, well, I think you've got one now. Um, <laughs> but it's, no, lasted, I've had, it's lasted for 30 years. No, but I had, one, I had one where I was still feeling the effects for three, four months later. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know what it was then. Uh, we've learned a lot since the early 2000s. And... Um, if someone falls asleep from hitting their head, they've got concussion. There's no two ways about it. You wouldn't be allowed back on an AFL field after that. Um, and you shouldn't be allowed to continue a wrestling match 30 seconds later. Uh, you shouldn't be allowed to drive a car. You shouldn't be allowed to do a lot of things after being knocked unconscious. And yeah. um, I think AEW made a huge mistake. And that's not just, this isn't potting AEW because WWE have made that mistake quite a few times as well. Um, and sometimes it is really hard to identify if someone's got a concussion. But the Matt Hardy one, that wasn't hard to identify. Um, we've all seen the footage. We've all seen he was asleep for an extended period of time. Um, and I really just wish AEW had come out and said we, that won't happen again rather than trying to sell it as though he was cleared of this, this, and this in hospital. Um, she gets a lot of grief. But can, Matt Hardy's can, wife was right to, to sort of complain about that. I can understand yeah. the promoters saying, you know, everyone wants the fight to go on. We don't want the fight to stop. But I think people will understand that if, they a, do bloke now. Has done, if a bloke or a woman has done themselves a serious damage, people will understand if you stop the fight there and then and say, that's it, can't go on. Yeah. Well, I, that's I think, silly. Uh, I, I think the, the crazy thing is that everyone knows now Everyone knows about concussions. If this CTE is, a, is a real thing, a, a real sporting contest, that person's not coming back on. Regardless, that doctor, you know, and I, I don't want to allude to it or hint at it that that doctor felt pressure or anything to give the all clear because Matt said he was okay. Matt needed to be protected from Matt. Correct. As most concussion old, victims, he's a, he's a veteran. He's a veteran that, you know, hey, the show must go on back in the day. Um, so the guys, whether they do have a protocol or whether they don't, it has to be in black and white. There can't be any grey area. 
when you're talking about what is he? 41? A brain injury. Forty, you know, a forty-two-year-old man's brain. Yeah, you know, he hit the back of his head on concrete after falling off a, you know, a scissor lift or, you know, and he was he was asleep on the ground. And uh, when you've got a concussion, you think you can keep playing. Um, yeah, you try to keep playing. You try to keep going. Um, well, only because you don't know what happened to you. Well, yeah, and you also think oh, I can't be that bad, like because I feel okay. It's only later on in the later on you start to feel sick, and um, it's definitely one where yeah, we we need to be protected from ourselves if we've hit our heads. Like if a driver has a car accident and hits their head, they're going to hospital. They're not driving home. I remember uh, getting concussed in the twos for Hoppers Crossing once, and going into the dressing rooms, lying on the table. And then waking up and jumping up and warming up at the ones, and the coach saying to me at the time, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm ready to go. Come on, let's let's get out there." And he goes, "You're an idiot." He said, "You've just been knocked out. Get back on the bloody table." Uh, that was that was more ability that you were warming up with the yeah, hoppers uh, ones exactly. and concussion. <laughs> I remember my first one. My first one. I was playing um, country footy for a team called Cressy, very small town. Um, and I didn't bring any... It was my first senior game I've ever played. So I didn't bring change of clothes or anything because I was an idiot. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I'm getting cold. I'm just going to go sit in the car. And they're like, all right, don't go to sleep. First thing I did, fall asleep, wake up, vomit on myself. Yeah. Good day good day at the footy. Great day at the footy. <laughs> I'll tell you, you had a great day uh, inside the ring was Finn Baylor, the new NXT champion. Say that again. Hey. How do you pronounce his surname? It's not Baylor. Bella. Finn Bella. Bella. Thank you. All right. <laughs> I tell you, you had a, I tell you, you had a fantastic day in the ring. Is the new NXT champion, Finn Bella. You're not cutting that out. That's staying. No, it's coming. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. You, you Finn Baylor. Finn Baylor did well. Um, no, it's good to see Finn. Um, obviously, he was treading water for a long time and. Um, Lost the title due to injury. It's interesting to see him now win a title due to someone else's injury. Uh, but I think um, it's good. They need someone steady to put that title on for a while now since it's hot-shotted around a little bit. And, um, yeah, interesting already was Finn Balor is the same age winning the NXT developmental title as what Hulk Hogan was in 92 when they considered him too old. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, that was like uh, AJ Styles when he finally came to WWE. The uh, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan were too old to put the belt on and run, build the show around, and AJ Styles is still doing it. So, yeah, I think I think it's more TV age than um, more than anything. But hey, if NXT can become Finn Balor's show again, or Balor's. Baylor. Uh, Baylor. 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 Yeah. Um, Fine Baylor. Baylor. I think that's what his fans are called, Tony. They're a group of Baylors. That whole segment may just come out all together. We may, it may not even get a no. run at all. <laughs> no, that, that'll be in there, mate. Uh, WWE have moved to ban third-party deals. Tell us what this is all about. Well, it was a lot worse before they walked it back a little bit. Um, <laughs> but essentially, it looked like they were going to ban all of their wrestlers from um, Twitch, their Twitch accounts, which some of them are earning, I think Paige is earning 40 grand a month or something or wow. more. 
um, off Twitch. And then their cameos, which is um, where people can pay a nominated fee to get rejected by Alexa Bliss, or um, and you can get a shout out basically from a from a celebrity. Um, WWE decided that they owned the real names of the wrestlers, not just the given names. And um, they've since announced that the wrestlers can keep their Twitch accounts, which is probably important because I don't think they legally could have stopped. So are the Twitch accounts in their real names or their wrestling name? A mixture. I think they've got to change them now to their real names. But um, Page already has. They're getting rid of, they're still standing firm on getting rid of Cameo. And I get that to an extent because WWE do make a lot of money off meet and greets and things like that and probably see Cameo as eating into that market. Um, And I wouldn't be shocked if WWE came up with their own little Cameo platform um, where people could then pay to to get those messages out and WWE will probably take a cut. That's probably a smart thing for them to do to not take that money away from their workers but to regulate it a little bit so they can keep an eye on what's happening. And that, they'd have to have some legends involved in that too, wouldn't they? You'd, you'd want to get a shout-out from a Hulk Hogan or someone like that, wouldn't you? Um, probably. A few of the legends are on Cameo, and they'll be able to stay, like Mick Foley and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, you'd think if they were going to do one, they would include their legends as well. Moving on to something exciting that's happening here in Australia, boys. And that is the Australian Wrestling Network is kicking off. What can you tell us about that, Walshie? Yeah, it's, um, it's happening where the old um, MCW Encore was happening. Um, that's been rebranded as the Australian Wrestling Network. Um, it's ozwrestling.net. And at the moment, they've got the back catalogue of MCW. They've got Wrestle Rock. They've got um, the girl shows. From MCW, they've got the EPW back catalogue. And I know there's a lot of stuff uh, in the works for coming out. IWA are there as well from Sydney. And, and, I, can announce, Melbourne. and I can announce here tonight that they have the back catalogue of NGW. What's, what's NGW? New Generation Wrestling, which was my promotion. Oh, your failed promotion's up there. That's interesting, Tony. We'll have to do a watch along of that. We will. The, uh, the show that we did inside a circus tent at Rosebud. How was the show? Was it a circus? No, no, it was a good. It was a good show. Yeah, good show. Um, no, that's interesting. Um, and look, yeah, there's going to be a lot more stuff going up because I've, I know that there's they're in talks for a lot of um with a lot of people who've run one-off shows around Australia that probably have never seen the light of day. They're going to go up on here as well. So it's about seven bucks a month, and there's a pile of um there's already hours and hours of entertainment there, and um, you can rent or watch a single show or you can just pay the subscription and then gorge and go down an Australian wrestling wormhole. But it's, um, it's really, really uh, interesting stuff. Excellent. Yeah, it's good. Everything, everything going to the one network would be, would be great. Hey, boys. It will be wonderful. It'd be lovely if everything was on the, the one place. I don't think we're going to get everybody on the one place, but you just never know. I think we'll get enough that it's going to be um, worthwhile. It's going to be a pretty value. It's going to be a yeah. pretty. Um, it's going to be seven bucks a month, well spent. Yeah, oh, easy. Uh, boys, we, we spoke to Marcus Cage earlier about how PCW Mark Cage. Mark, Mark Cage. Cage. So did I say? Yeah, there it is. 
Thank you. Marcus, Marcus Moretti. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, I can't remember what I was bloody going to say. Mark Cage about the Victorian lockdown and how that's going to affect PCW for 2020 and the long... How do you see wrestling going for the rest of the year, boys? Do you, do you think that we'll come back at all in 2020? We won't in Victoria. Um, I think... Perth should be able to run at some stage, which Gavin McGavin filled us in on last yep. episode. Um, Adelaide are running, which is good. So we can get a taste of Australian wrestling. I know a few wrestlers have moved to Adelaide. I know Steph Delander's over there and so is Brooksy. Um, we're not going to get anything in Melbourne. Um, I know every wrestler I speak to there... They're basically just working on character stuff at the moment and planning next year. New South Wales may. They may. Um, it'll Queensland be should. Well, Queensland don't have a major promotion, promotion at yeah. the moment. So um, this is a really good time for them to be resetting um, and planning what they're going to do next. But I think Melbourne companies probably need to be thinking about what they're going to do next year because we don't know how how we're going to open up. Obviously our premier has been snail's pace in his plan of moving forward. So we need to start thinking outside the box a little bit. Um, I know I joked about PCW doing a car park show, but I think that's probably a good idea. I know that MCW ran at the baseball center, which you mentioned as well, Tony, I think a company could probably run a socially distanced show at a venue like the Australian baseball center. Um, and that's what we need to be looking at. Hmm. Yeah. I think I think if there was to be a show this year in Melbourne, I think it could only come from a PCW because if something did get opened up on a Monday, they could run they could a show. Run They've Tuesday. got their own venue. Yeah, they could run straight away. That's right. Know. They wouldn't have to book somewhere you're oh, on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they got the... Yeah, fans might, might be only limited to 50, 70 people. And they sell out in an hour. You know... Yeah, we're starved for live uh, live events and being able to go. So, yeah, it would sell we're out. Starved for moving more than five kilometres from our own houses at the moment. So, I, yeah, yeah, I just don't see anything happening. Yeah. yeah. All right, boys, that pretty much wraps up another week of On the Turnbuckle. Uh, next week, no idea. No, I haven't thought. I haven't thought, I haven't thought about it to be oh. honest. I reached out to someone, but they said no. So, oh, name and shame. Uh, they said not yet. Name and shame. No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not naming and shaming Andy Coyne. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to get him later on. Uh, we need to time it right. He's got some things he wants to talk about, but not yet. So, I understand that. I've got a couple of irons in the fire, though, Tony. You know that. Beautiful, Lyle. Lovely to see you again, my friend. Uh, good to see you're, uh, you're fitting well, mate. And Walshy, uh, thank you for having us on your show. Yeah, I might even get you back next week. You've done a good job today. Appreciate that. Thank you for coming on our show as well, folks. We'll catch you again right here on mypodcasthouse.com with another episode of On the Turnbuckle soon. I thought it was Welshie's podcast house. Shut up. <laughs>